Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Most of us have been in the situation where we wonder what we're supposed to do next. We come against problems and crises and just complications and we feel stuck, we feel lost because we just don't know what we're supposed to do. Uh, how am I supposed to handle this relationship? How am I supposed to handle my money? How am I supposed to uh, deal with my friends and, and talk to my friends? And how am I supposed to deal with stress? And how am I supposed to deal with these great big uh, life-altering decisions about marriage and and houses and jobs and all these things and we wonder what am I supposed to do with these situations how am I supposed to handle them and that's fairly common I think we all go through that and deal with that and um, as we try to sort through and figure out what we're supposed to do sometimes we just don't know what to do and other times we have a pretty good feeling we may actually know what to do but we really don't want to do it We might be scared of doing that thing. We might be angry because that is what we're supposed to do. And we don't really like having to do that. We don't think it's fair. We don't think it's right for one reason or another. We may be bitter about it or or just frustrated. Or we're just not sure it's going to work out. Even though that's what we're being told we're supposed to do. And, uh, And sometimes those things are biblical things that we are given as guidelines. And we're really, really should be leaning into them. Because those guidelines, those rules, those directions that the Bible gives us are there so that we know what to do even when we don't want to do them. And I think that's, that's the point we've got to wrestle with today is that the rules are there so that you know what to do even when you don't want to. Let me give you an example. In the, in the Bible, in the Book of Exodus, we come against a situation where Moses has has been called by God and God has sent Moses to free Israel from slavery in Egypt. And they are on their way out, they're free from slavery, and, and Moses goes up on a mountain to get some commands, some rules, uh, so some direction from God. And he gets this, these ten commandments. Uh, that he that he gives to the Israelite people, and this this is what it says in Exodus chapter twenty. It says, "And God spoke all these words: I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall not have other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above, or on earth below, or in the waves below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them." For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. 
For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give a false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, you or his male or female servant, his ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Now, I believe that these rules are given as a kind of fail-safe, as, as guardrails for our lives, things that are in place that even when we don't want to do them, if we, if we follow these rules, they will keep us from falling into chaos and into trouble and into situations that sometimes are irreversible. Um, it, it, they're kind of like uh, on, on new cars, they've got this radar situ- situation or, or the system where you can be driving on the highway and you can set your cruise control to 130. And if you come up against up behind a car that's only doing 110, the the car will actually, by radar, tell that the car in front of you is getting closer and tell what speed it's going, and it will slow you down to match that speed or just even hit the brakes to keep you from running into the other car. It's a fail-safe uh, system so that if you're not paying attention or you're just trying to cause an accident, you can't. Um, it's kind of like the guardrails on a road where if you want to go off-roading, you can't. It's a fail-safe. Um, anybody that has a chainsaw or used the chainsaw knows that in front of the main handle of the chainsaw, there's another piece of plastic or, or, or railing that is designed so that if you hit a hit hit a piece of wood in the wrong angle, or you're just you're off balance and the the chain hits something that kicks the the saw blade up, um, it it can come right up into your face, and this this other the second piece of plastic or, or railing is designed that if it pops up and swings towards you, it will actually hit your your hand, hit your arm, and push it forward and hit a brake, and that brake stops the chain on the chainsaw from spinning. And so the whole saw might hit you, the chain may hit you, it may smack you in the face, but it won't be spinning, and so it won't be in the same kind of cutting mode. And so you may get hit, it may hurt you a lot, but it's not going to cut you wide open and, and just cut right through you like it would if the, if the chain was running. It's a fail-safe. It's there to keep you safe one way or another. And I believe these rules are functioning in the same way, that they are there so that we know what to do even when we don't want to. So, now... These Ten Commandments are, are something that we've heard of, many of us are aware of, we at least knew that they existed, uh, but as reading through them, you may think, okay, that's interesting, that's fine, I, I get that, but how does that really apply to these practical situations in my life? Uh, I'm not thinking about murdering anybody, I'm not thinking about burning somebody's house down out of jealousy, I'm not, like, I'm not trying to do any of these crazy things, so how does this apply? Well, what I'd like to do is I'd like to run through these Ten Commandments and just 
change how they're presented. I'm not, I don't want to change them. I don't want to add anything to them. I just want to change how they're worded a little bit to help us see what they really mean for us today. Uh, so let's let's do that. Let, uh, Ten Commandments. First one, have no other gods. That means no Allah, no Vishnu, no Ra. Uh, you can let people choose what they believe, but you cannot embrace their beliefs as true. Every religion isn't true, and every god isn't real. There is only one God. Command number two, no idols. Don't depend on, give priority to, or surrender yourself to money, to Buddhas, to astrology, to technology, to the flag, to politics, to sex. Nothing. You need to depend only on God for life. You, uh, rule number three, uh, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Respect God with humility. God is God and you are not. Don't forget that you are not. Don't forget that God is God. Use his name with respect. Talk about him with respect. Do not belittle him. Report yourself as high as him. Your fate is in his hands. Act like it. Next rule. Honor the Sabbath. Rest. Independence. Accept that you need rest. Trust that God can do more than you. Trust that God is working even when you aren't. Enjoy what He has done. And accept that He is going to do more and more. Honor your father and mother. Live in a way that when people see you, they think highly of your parents. Whether they deserve it or not. Let me say that one again. Live in a way that when people see you, they think highly of your parents whether they deserve it or not. When young, be obedient to your parents. When older, show them gratitude and acknowledge you wouldn't be here without them. If they were horrible, absent parents, don't let bitterness take root in your heart towards them. Talk graciously about your parents, especially since you will make mistakes as a parent in your life. Don't murder. Protect life. Don't kill people. Don't hate people. Embrace hope for the hard people. Imagine the good they could do. Guard the vulnerable lives. Sacrifice your rights to save another's life. Don't kill those who aren't born. Don't commit adultery. Guard your marriages. Guard them while while you're in them. Guard them before you're in them. Only have sex in that marriage. Don't imagine sex with anyone or anything else. Put only your relationship with God above your marriage. And protect, protect other people's marriages. Don't ruin them. Don't steal. Honor boundaries. If it ain't yours, don't take it. Don't take someone else's wife. Don't take someone else's land. Don't take someone else's stuff. Respect the boundaries of whose stuff is whose. Don't take something without it being transferred to you. Don't lie. Be honest. Tell the truth. Be honest even when it will get you in trouble. Confess your errors. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Live so that you don't have to add a promise to someone to believe you. What, what I mean by that is if you have to keep saying, oh, I promise to do it, or yes, I'll do it, I promise, 
then that means that when you have said yes or no in the past that you haven't followed through or that you haven't really meant it. But we need to live in a way that our yes is always yes and our no is always no and that we don't have to add some other other thing to it for people to believe you. Don't let <clears throat> but don't let honesty be an excuse or cover up for just being a jerk. You know those people. Sometimes they're us who say things and they say, "Well, I'm just being honest." Well, you can be honest, but you're just using that as an excuse to say what you really want to say and be mean about it. And you can say things that are honest but still full of love. And we need to be honest and loving at the same time. Lastly, don't covet. The opposite of covetous is gratefulness. Be thankful for what you have. We covet because we look at somebody else's stuff and we want it because we're not content with what we have. So be grateful for what you have. Be content with what God gives you, much or little. Don't spend your days or nights dreaming about what you don't have. Don't dream about having what others have. Embrace what God has given you. Find fullness in God and what He gives you. Be thankful and full of gratitude for whatever you have. Yes, you can have ambition. Yes, you can have desires and passions to grow and to reach. You can have goals. But only if those are based out of an already established gratefulness, thankfulness, gratitude. So those, those are the Ten Commandments and a little bit of a picture of what it looks like today. But what does that really, how do we take those things and, and how do they fit our life? How do they create guardrails and fail-safes in our lives? Well, um, maybe you're having a hard time with your spouse. Go to these guardrails. Go to these rules. These rules that exist so you know what to do even when you don't want to. What you need to do when you're having trouble with your spouse in your marriage, be honest, be grateful. Don't steal from them, honor their boundaries. Don't abandon the marriage. Put more effort into blessing your spouse. Don't start worshiping idols like sex or money or freedom. And treat them in a way their parents would be proud of. Maybe you're facing uh, financial challenges. Well, again, honor boundaries. Don't steal. Tell the truth, even if it gets you in trouble. Be grateful for all you have. Rest in depending on God to provide. Live in a way that your parents and kids will be honored by. Don't look to other gods to save you. Look to Jesus only. Maybe you feel trapped and you just don't know what can help. Well, stop asking other gods. Have no other no idols. Stop asking other gods. Focus on Jesus and let Him speak. Listen to the Holy Spirit and let Him give you the direction. Be honest. Don't try to cover it up. Don't try to just cast it aside. Don't sit, pretend that it's not a thing. Be really honest with yourself and with others. Don't do anything that will rob another of life. Rest in depending on God and Him to provide. And always, always remember what you have already. See, God gives us these commands, He gives us these rules as fail-safes, as guidelines, so we know what to do even when we don't want to. And I believe that if we do those things, we will find 
that he keeps us on the road. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Thank you.